Welcome back to the Stay Hype Podcast, where I help you heighten your personal experience through my own experience on this earth. I'm your host, Kristen, and you guys, I have missed you. It's been quite some time since I've uploaded an episode, but I've made a promise to myself to not just release content on demand, but fully processed and giving myself the time to actually heal before speaking about it. And um, as you know, I have this new series, No More Suffering in Silence, where I dive deep into my sexual trauma and speak my truth and the ways that I am healing through it. So today is episode two of No More Suffering in Silence, and I want to talk about the grooming victim shame and how it has affected my relationships in my adulthood. So, um, you know, healing through sexual trauma is very complex and it can be very discouraging sometimes. And there's so many thoughts that go through your mind up and down. Where is it my fault? If I shouldn't have been doing this, or maybe if I didn't wear this, or maybe if I didn't say this. And, and, you know, the more that I've processed and healed and learned, um, over the last several months, um, the grooming, the grooming part of, sexual trauma that, you know, sometimes we're not aware of. And I know that a lot of people think that grooming just happens in children, but it can also happen with adults as well. But in my experience, I was a child when the grooming started to happen with my mom's boyfriend when I was 10, 11, maybe even younger. I still, I'm a little foggy on the memories, but, um, the grooming can look like so many different things, different facial expressions that may be inappropriate, um, finding ways to see if you will get aroused by playing different content on the TV that is not appropriate for children, knowing that children are home, uh, different ways to touch and uh, press up against you that seems like it's unintentional, but it's not. Um, constantly commenting on your body and the clothes that you're wearing, um, even though that's definitely not something that you should be doing to a child, especially in in that way. Um, And I just realized how much of the grooming led to the actual assault and how much I did not know what that was. And, you know, looking back, If I was outside of myself, the adult looking at my younger self, I would have definitely now realized how inappropriate the behavior was. And, you know, so I named a couple of what I went through, a couple experiences, but I just want to kind of go over them more in depth. Um, You know, playing adult movies, playing playing adult movies um, when... You know that children are in the house in a common area and trying to get a reaction, trying to get a physiological reaction and, you know, see if that can stimulate the child is grooming. That's not appropriate. Um, Talking about sexual things to a child that is far over their level to comprehend is grooming. The way that you look at a child and maybe lick your lips or do a gaze that's not um, 
plutonic that doesn't feel you know you get these feelings and I, I had I had a lot of these feelings growing up but I didn't feel safe to express them and I think um, one it was really uncomfortable because it was someone that was connected to my mom and I was very codependent on my mom's feelings and emotions growing up and two it's just something that I never talked about with anyone. My parents never talked to me about sex. They, we never had the birds and the bees conversation. And I was never taught about boundaries or what's right and what's wrong and what's okay and what's not okay. And I think that combined with society, you know, catering to men and those needs, I think I learned how to fawn and appease men at such an early age because of the abuse also happening with my father when it comes to the narcissism and not being able to be honest with him about certain things. And so it really was ingrained in my mind at a very young age that men, especially older men, were right in whatever they wanted to do. And it was really intimidating. I was very intimidated by men. And I still have some intimidation by men, even in my adulthood, because there's just such a part of me that has been so groomed to um, appease and obey. And I was never taught boundaries. And so I realized how much of the grooming made me feel like when the actual assault happened, that it was okay, or that I asked for it, or that I liked it, or that I was participating in it willingly, even though I was just way too young to really comprehend what was actually happening to me. And that led into a lot of victim shame, you know, and that's obviously not the term that I knew. I didn't know anything about victim shame when it happened. And so to me, it was just internalized shame for something that I thought that I had done and participated in willingly. But now, healing and reading and listening to other people's stories, I realized like the victim shame around sexual assault and that stigma is huge. And for me, I immediately didn't want to make the other person uh, uncomfortable. And this is not even just with my initial assault in childhood. This is with all the ways that I've been re-victimized, harassed, and sexually assaulted in my adulthood. I immediately would shrink and care more about how me speaking out would make the other person feel, the, the perpetrator would make them feel, and not even acknowledge my own feelings. I feel like my feelings were always non-existent. Even though in my body, I would feel sad, I would feel depressed, and, and then there would be moments where I'm like, this doesn't feel good, this doesn't feel reciprocal, This that didn't feel like I was being honored. But again, I did not have any boundaries. I didn't have, I didn't know that I was allowed to have respect for myself and say no because of the grooming and the fawning and the abuse that I, that had happened at such an early age with significant men in my life. And so the victim shame was huge. And it's something I still struggle with today when I actually think about what it would be like if I confronted or took action on some of the things that have happened to me, I immediately go into what that's going to do to the person. How is it going to make them feel? What about their the people around them? And what about their job? And do I want to bring this up? And it's just, it's just so much and just forget about it. And, you know, let me, it, it didn't bother me and I'm over it. And these are all the things that I feel victims 
uh, go through. And there's so many different cycles mentally where we try to talk ourselves out of really taking action and getting justice for ourselves because again in our society it's so stigmatized and victims are so shamed and you know uh, the misogyny in our culture is always made to look like we asked for it or you know we you know we we sh- we could have gotten out of it some way or we should have said no but there's so many times where we do say no and you know the persistence, the persistence, the persistence. And when you don't have a strong foundation of boundaries and you don't feel like you're allowed to say no, you were never taught that saying no was okay, you know, you end up giving in. And I think in those situations, when we end up giving in, and I know so many of you can relate to that when you initially didn't want to do something and then someone would kept pushing and pushing and pushing, then you finally give in. Or um, if you say no, if you're in a relationship or not, you say no and you finally try to honor yourself and then the whole energy and attitude of the person shifts and then that immediately triggers you know, an abandonment wound or, or something within you to where you feel like, okay, never mind. I was just kidding. Let's do it, you know, because you're scared of being left or cheated on. And again, it's that victim shame that is so ingrained in us. And also the embarrassment and, and just not wanting people to know that this is something that happened to you. It's such a violating experience. And I think so many of us are suffering in silence when it comes to how we truly feel and have felt from situations like this. And I think, I mean, it doesn't have to be an actual rape. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, something that goes all the way in order for us to feel violated, just touching words, you know, looks, the same things, the same type of grooming that uh, a lot of children experience. I think a lot of adults in the workplace um, in different situations out in nightclubs. We, so many, I, I don't know any of my girlfriends. Uh, it's, it's rare to find someone that has never experienced any type of sexual harassment, assault. Unfortunately, it's rare. And um, I think that even those experiences need to be talked about more because now that I'm really reflecting and allowing the anger and the rage and the pain to really surface, I'm very angry about a lot of times uh, how we get groped in the club and how people just grab your butt and smack your butt and grab your hands and force them to enforcing dancing. All these little things are such a violation of our personal space and our autonomy and our and our boundaries. And we're just so conditioned to just brush it off. You know, people will be people. I don't want to say boys will be boys. Men will be men. People will be people because it's not just men that do this it's it's everyone you know it's it's not just men in my experience it has been men but i know that's not everyone's experience so i don't want to just stereotype or categorize because it happens with both sexes um and so yes thinking about it and really reflecting on all the ways that i was inappropriately touched and my boundaries were just completely crossed it brings up a lot of anger and it brings up a lot of pain and shame and disappointment in myself to be honest in ways that i didn't stand up for myself in ways that i didn't speak up and i'm really working through that because i know that me freezing and dissociating was a survival mechanism that um, my body naturally went into 
being so young and having something like that so traumatizing happen, it was just too much for me to process. And I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel like I had a trusted adult that I could really talk to. And I coped with my pain through comedy. And so I used to tell jokes about certain situations that happened to me in childhood and discussing that with some of my friends now that remember those jokes. It's kind of like, whoa, like I understand how you were trying to tell us without telling us and just make light of it and make a joke because it's heavy. It's a lot. And I just think that the grooming and the victim shaming is just a perfect recipe to keep people quiet to keep people thinking like it's something that they did wrong. And I just hope that if anybody resonates with what I'm saying and what I've said so far, that you understand that this is not your fault. This is not something that you did wrong. Even if you, you know, change your mind and maybe even in the beginning, if you consented something and you change your mind, and the person refused to stop, that is still not okay. You are allowed to change your mind. You are allowed to say no. And you are allowed to feel uncomfortable and voice that you feel uncomfortable with certain things. And I think I was always just so worried of being called prude or, uh, you know, I didn't like how inexperienced I was. And I didn't like how I how I felt like all my other friends were just having this crazy, wild, amazing experiences sexually. And I'm here like I can barely like kiss someone without feeling all this tension and fear in my body, you know. And obviously at, at those times I was so dissociated from what happened to me. Now it makes sense why my body was reacting the way it was. But um, the grooming and the grooming that I experienced really did so much to my mental and emotional health in a negative way, where after that experience in childhood, when I continued to get myself, or not get myself, let's see, even that wording, when I continued to find myself in situations where I was being re-victimized, I think I didn't even recognize the grooming that would happen even in adulthood, the way that people would be constantly be persistent or constantly continue to touch to try to get me in the mood. And then eventually my body is obviously going to respond, you know, certain times, whether I mentally want it or not. And that's where a lot of the dissociation would happen to where my body may respond and, you know, do the things that our body does when we get aroused. But mentally, I would be light years away. I would be light years away. And then that led me to faking, faking orgasms and uh, pretending and appeasing and and not even really enjoying sex. And in most of my instances, I, I can, yeah, uh, most of my experiences, I didn't really enjoy. I never really uh, climaxed. And the only times that I was able to climax was um, having to be high, having to be... Uh, under the influence because of how much fear and how much I was in my head. So um, it, that led me to faking and performing and putting on this act because I had such performance anxiety and I was attracting people that, um, you know, their self-worth and validation was highly dependent on my body and what my body did and how I made them feel 
based on if I was able to climax or not. And so it just really, I see now through sitting with my pain and and sitting and reflecting how much all of the things that happened in childhood led me exactly where I was in, 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 in adulthood. And it was what I was not saying that was hurting me so much. And uh, that book, The Body Keeps Score, is so true. Even though I dissociated mentally from everything that happened, um, my body knew that it had been through trauma and, and so much trauma that even so much so when it came to even giving a friend uh, just a friendly hug, I would find myself resisting and I would like the veins in my neck, you know, would be popping and I would find myself pulling away. And I always would wonder you know, as I started to gain more awareness, like, why do I have such an issue with physical touch? Why do I completely shut down when it's time to, to have sex, you know, emotionally? And, you know, it all makes sense now. It was because my body did not feel safe. And because I wasn't talking about my trauma, because I never had started this healing process prior to continuing to have sex in my young adulthood, um, I knew, I knew it wasn't safe. And I was attracting men that also had trauma. I was attracting men that also, uh, you know, were using sex for validation and was emotionally unavailable because I was emotionally unavailable, especially when it came to intimacy. And so, I was scared to be fully seen. I didn't feel deserving of someone taking the time to actually get to know my body and understand what I like and don't like. And someone who cared about me enough to be okay with my boundaries and be okay with saying no. And someone who actually wanted to get to the bottom of why I was so distant and emotionally stunted when it came to sex. And I mean, that's not, you know, their fault because I wasn't willing to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. It was such a sore, foreign topic to me. And I think, you know, deep down, I always knew that there was something wrong, even though I wasn't fully aware of it at the time. But I knew that there was something wrong. I, I I distinctly remember introducing myself to men as broken. And those were the words I would speak over myself. And when it came time for whatever fling or relationship I was in, when it came time, which was usually very quickly in the relationship, for us to have sex, I would say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm broken. It just doesn't work. I, I just can't. I, it doesn't feel like, you know, I would just say something. I would be like, I'm broken. So essentially don't worry about trying to please me. Just do what you do. And, you know, don't worry about me. We can maybe do other things. But when it came to like actual penetration, don't worry about me. I'm broken. This, it doesn't work. And, you know, I felt like that was very true. When you read some toxic magazines in Cosmo, like Cosmo, that says, I remember reading something in high school or, or college that said only 13% of women actually climax. So, you know, if you're not, if you're not climaxing, then don't worry, there's nothing wrong. It's just very normal. But the more I started doing research and healing, I'm like, what Cosmo doesn't put in their magazines at the time was the other 77% of women who have been sexually assaulted because the numbers are staggering and it's probably higher at this point. 
So we're not talking about the correlation of how many women can actually climax versus how many people have had sexual trauma that is stunting or keeping them from actually enjoying sex. And, you know, I realized that was so misinformation and it was leaving out such an important detail that is taboo that no one really wants to talk about in our society. Um, And so, you know, I realized I'm not broken and I can have these experiences, but for me, I need to be able to set those boundaries. And number one, I need emotional safety. I have never been the person that is just getting all hot and bothered at the club and able to go home and just have a one night stand and actually enjoy it. If I were to do that, I've never done that. But if I were to do that, it would strictly be appeasing the other person because I don't work that way. I really do need to feel safe. I need to feel comfortable. And that was something that I always denied myself um, growing up because I just, again, was never spoken to about boundaries and about emotional safety. And obviously, I wasn't talking about the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is that I was sexually traumatized. And I'm really seeing now how much that impacted my brain and how much that... uh, stunted my ability to have healthy relationships in general, and then more, more importantly, healthy sexual interactions. So um, I really hope that, you know, if this resonated with you, and you're listening to this, that you know that you're not alone, that you um, really work on letting go of the shame and really sitting with why you feel the shame in the first place, because, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. You were a victim of it. And I don't care if you were drinking. I don't care if you were under the influence. I don't care if you were wearing two band-aids and a cork. Okay. Talking about your outfit. There's no justification for someone to violate you, cross your boundaries and do something that you are not comfortable doing. Um, So I just needed to put that out there because I know so many of us are suffering in silence. And so I talk about this a lot on my lives. If you um, have never joined my live, I go live on TikTok on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday. (laughs) A brain fart there. Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. I'm at this point in my journey where I am talking about my sexual trauma a lot more. So if you feel like you need some support with like-minded community that is the place to be. It is so supportive and so many people are so open in the community that we've created over there where we talk about our experiences and it's been so validating and healing for me to really speak about it on a public forum. And this, even creating this podcast is so healing because I've been suffering for a very long time and, um, I don't have to anymore. And so I hope to empower you to tell your story, to speak your truth, and to know that we can pretend and shove it down all we want, but the body does keep score and you are deserving and worthy of healthy relationships. You are worthy and deserving of pleasure and you are worthy and deserving of someone taking your needs and your experience into consideration because it matters. So... That is all I got for today. I'm so glad to be back on here and I hope to continue uploading a little more regularly. But again, like I said, I'm just giving myself grace and the space to actually process so that um, I can talk about this because it's very sensitive and it's been really challenging, but I'm very proud of myself and I'm very proud of you. Um, 
you know, if you're listening and this is resonating in your, you know, feeling the call to step in, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you just for acknowledging it to yourself, even if you don't tell anybody. Um, but I hope that at some point you can open up and know that um, your story deserves to be heard and your feelings matter. So that's all I got for you today. I love you guys so much and I will see you on the next one. Bye.